In England, there is a small town in the county of Suffolk named Rendlesham, a relatively small and sleepy town with a population of only around 3,000. In late December, the town would experience a set of unexplained UFO encounters that would earn it the nickname of Britain's Roswell. 305, we see strange uh, strobe-like flashes to the uh, rather sporadic, but there's definitely something there, some kind of phenomenon. To this day, it is one of the most well-documented UFO sightings in history. The UFO events in question took place over not just hours, but actually two days in roughly the same area. The phenomenon was witnessed by United States Air Force personnel stationed on a military base just outside the main town. 305, at about uh, 10 degrees horizon uh, directly north, we've got two strange objects, uh, half moon shape multiple witnesses reported many occurrences that are associated with close encounters of UFOs. Things like bright lights, a strange craft not from this earth, and even missing time. Was this simply a case of mistaken identity? Perhaps seasoned members of the U.S. Air Force made a misidentification of a nearby lighthouse, meteor, or brightly shining stars. Suffice to say, Team ATT is not convinced. Was there some sort of intelligence at work guiding these strange lights? And if so, what was their intention? Could they have been looking for something lost? Or perhaps they had an interest in the nearby military base at the height of the Cold War? Join us as we discuss the strange events surrounding what is now known as the Rendlesham Forest Incident. This is unreal. 3.30, there's 0.3.30 and the objects are still in the sky, although the one to the side looks like it's losing a little bit of altitude. We're turning around heading back toward the, the base. The object to the side the is the still beaming down lights to the ground. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 61. Rendell. Rendell Sham Forest Incident. I'm Braden. Uh, I'm Zell. That was I'm close. Dead. I almost made almost, it. Oh, you almost had it. Almost, almost had it. it. You know what is problem? You you base this one not fucking up on my ability to read. <laughs> And we all know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write uh, anything down. Don't give him anything to read. No. I, Whenever you put I on that teleprompter, like, he will read. Yeah. And incorrectly. <laughs> and very slow. And like ill-paced. Um, this is a kind of a weird one for us. Coffee and conspiracies. It is fucking early in the morning. For you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, we've just reversed with Dan pretty much. Bizarro. This is bizarro ATT. Yes. Early morning for you, late night for me. GTA. That's it. Reverse. I, what? Yep. I, what? What? Oh, I get it. <laughs> Guess I had a. You said. Took me a second. Took me a second. Um, it's been a while since I've done with you, Dan. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. You guys did the news feed, and that was pretty good. Oh, 
the news. Yeah. I think people liked it. Some people liked it. Some, yeah, pe- so. some people said we didn't have obscure news. Obscure and enough news. Obscure enough. Obscure enough. Like we had uh, praying mantis goggles, but we needed more of that, I guess. What else? What else can you bring us? Well, I don't know. I can. Uh, <laughs> I was. I tons. I I got. I, I can bring tons of those weird ones. Those are my favorite. So Sweet. next time we're doing the news. The news. Just weird, weird titles. No facts behind them. Just the weird headlines. That's what people like. Um, so, so we got some more stuff coming down the pipe. Man, it's just such a busy time right now. It's That's the hard part. Um, but we do have more content and uh, more plans. I think in the next, I think in probably three weeks, things will settle down and we'll be able to uh, start pumping stuff out more regularly. Hell yeah. Anyways, let's get into some space news. Okay. So, scientists just cloned some monkeys, and you could be next. Damn. Oh. So, um, basically, since the birth of uh, whatever that, what the fuck's that sheep's name that they cloned? Dolly. The name. Dolly. Dolly. Um. They've been using the same kind of technique to clone pretty much other animals, cats, whatever. Primates, though, for some reason, this process, it's like primates are like resistant to the the way they uh, the way they do it, which was. Um, hold on, I'm gonna botch everything <laughs> I wrote down here. It's normal. They used to with Dolly, the, that sheep. They used a somatic cell nuclear transfer. And uh, that involved replacing the nucleus in the donor egg with a nucleus taken from the cell from another animal. And then they, once it was fertilized, boom, cloned. But uh, that didn't work for primates. So uh, they've, got a, they've got a new technique. They had, um, I, I'll never be able to say the fucking these things' names. These two female monkeys they've cloned and birthed. Uh, oh, I can say them easy. Zong Zong and Hua Hua. Nice. <laughs> identical. Uh, identical. Well, I thought they were going to be like more, more, more yeah. Chinese names. Yeah. And then when I pulled it, I was like, oh, those are easy names. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. That means saying human, we're, you know, we're getting close to uh, doing humans. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not that much closer. We're not far. Our, in our lifetime, they'll be fucking cloning some crazy shit. Yeah, apparently, tough. apparently, uh, what is it? I think Barbara Streisand has been cloning her dog, like I at least that. three times. I heard that yeah, at actually. least three times. Did you guys hear how, about that? How insane is that? I was reading that uh, a couple days ago. I was like, how the fuck? Like this, this? She's just like she's playing God because she's got money. She's like, make another one, make I another dog. Now is that now is <laughs> like, that dog? He's not, he's not that quite dog? how I remember. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that so is that weird. dog uh, is that dog the same like the same temperament when you clone him, or is it just like know. does it just look the same but it acts completely different? Well, I that's feel like weird. that's all that's a whole science study on its own. Like I feel like somebody should be observing that for for science because <laughs> that's a hard one because it's hard because like a dog's a, you know what I mean like it's a dog, so it's like if it was starting to be mean, you're like, is that because it's not the same dog or is it just you know, having a temperament change. That's why it's like, let's get into some humans. Let's see. But I'm telling you, as soon as there's uh, we're cloning humans, this podcast is going to be uh, 
Braden theorists theorizing. Just four Bradens. Four Bradens. <laughs> you guys all are Braden, out all the time. So it's never gonna get published. Just, so <laughs> just letting you guys know, you've been warned now. So that's it. It's, it's gonna be just four of us unprepared, can't read, uh, congested. <laughs> That's, uh, that's that's what I had for. I thought it was. I thought that was a cool one. Um, that was a good one. That's pretty sweet. Pretty 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 big news. Pretty, pretty big. Um, what else do I have here? Um, Kate, I was gonna because I knew Dan was gonna be on this one. I was. Uh, I didn't read this article, but I was. I was. I had it marked, and I was like, "What the hell does this mean?" And I was gonna ask Dan because I bet he knows. Um, a Massachusetts company claims to be close to a solid state battery. Solid state battery. Oh, what's that mean? Well, that would mean like, well, most batteries uh, consist of at least like the ones that like, you put in, like the ones you put in, um, like double A's and those ones. Like those are all chemical batteries. Like they all base uh, their they produce electricity by like a chemical reaction. Like you run a charge to it, and then and kind then, of like the, the- and the battery acid or whatever inside? Yeah, that's what's inside it. There's like two different chemicals and they mix together and then they make energy. Uh, those are chemical batteries. Uh, same thing with kind of like, um, I assume lithium ion batteries, those ones. Uh, I don't know exactly how they work, but um, a solid state battery would be super cool, I suppose. I, I, don't, I don't know. I suppose the advantages, I, I don't know the exact advantages would be over. I guess it could be smaller that you wouldn't need like two and things like that, but. Oh, you know uh, what? You know what's a huge positive? If I left them in the remote for a long time, they wouldn't like corrode and then like fucking get that white shit everywhere. You wouldn't have to put your your batteries in the freezer so they yeah. last long. <laughs> Does anybody else do that? Is that a thing? If you no. do that, put them in your uh, freezer. Yeah, you put the batteries in the freezer and they last longer. I think I'm pretty sure. I, I use so few batteries. Thing? I use so what? few batteries and things that. Like, I don't even, I can't even tell you, my remote control, I think, is the only thing that uses batteries mm. that I own. I can't think of anything else that I put yeah, batteries I, into. Yeah, I wouldn't know exactly how a, a solid-state battery would would play out. I I mean, if it's an advancement, I'm sure it's, like, better. And, I just I just pulled it up, what, what, a quick one on Google here. A solid-state battery is a battery technology that uses both solid electrodes and solid electrolytes instead of liquid. And it's supposed to be a replacement for the near full potential lithium-ion battery. You telling cool. me they're gonna power this shit by ga- with Gatorade? <laughs> yeah. Sol- solid Gatorade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty cool actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just like, I was like, I don't really know what this means. I was like, aren't batteries solid already? But I guess it makes sense they're talking about the inside. That was like <laughs> that was drunk me, drunk me reading that. Like I'm like. I'm pretty sure I have these downstairs. They're solid. <laughs> this is fucking nothing new. This makes this makes more sense now. I'm tapping them on the desk. <laughs> oh yeah, solid state. <laughs> um, Amazon. This is not so much space news. Is like, fuck the future's here. Amazon's uh, has retail stores that have no no checkout lanes. Uh, no convenient like it's uh, no checkout lines. You just walk up and like. Your accounts are. Oh, you simply pick what you want. Just little machine, little scan, robot gives it to you. Scan your phone code and pay yeah, your account, and off you go. Like futures now, man. Jobs. I want the drones. I want. I do not want to have to walk in the store. You know, I want no. least 
the least amount of human interaction as possible. I don't want to have to go to the mall and see people oh. that I don't want to see. I want to be able to sit in my house and get a little drone that brings me my that brings me my stuff. Just drops it in your backyard. Drops yes. it down the chimney. Oh, oh we can all have Amazon shoots. That's where <laughs> Santa comes down. No, well, no, because what is it? Amazon, they just, um, I'm pretty sure they acquired the uh, the people who make smart doorbells. And I think that's the next step is that they're having like, I think they proposed like an idea for having, like basically giving Amazon employees the, the delivery, uh, the Amazon delivery people, they would give them access to your house. So like they would scan a code into your smart doorbell and then they would be able to like just walk in your house, drop your stuff off or set it up or whatever it is like, you know, and then like walk out. And that was it. I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, that's kind of neat, but weird. But, you know, it's just the next step. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else here that I really like. Eh, no, I'll say some of these are there's one funny one, but I'll, I'll say that for the next news read because people like wacky. Wacky shit. Wacky news. Um, anyone else got any space news? No. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing good. I I can I could I can plug into the the random outron too if we want here. Do a UFO case for the week. Let's do one. What up? Why not? Okay. Plug it up. And it up. Uh, I'm gonna turn it on uh, right now. Hey, listen to that baby purr. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Still oh, got man. that new. I always, I always, it always picks these ones that are so hard to read with all these weird names. Okay, Ela is no Isla. How do you Isla? Is that Ela? Is Isla? Isla? Is Isla? Fine. Yeah. De Lobos, Uruguay. On the 28th of October, 1972, the garrison of a remote lighthouse on the Atlantic coast of Uruguay, Isla de Lobos, witnessed the arrival of UFO entities. Just after 10 in the evening, one of the garrison, Corporal Fuentes, left his four companions to inspect the generator at the base of the lighthouse, some 150 feet from the garrison headquarters. Oh, uh, Fuentes noticed something parked next to the lighthouse on top of a terrace. He returned to the garrison headquarters, collected his gun, and made his way towards it. Next to the object, Fuentes saw three humanoid figures who apparently saw him. He raised his gun but was somehow prevented by the entities from shooting at them. A simple man, he was never able to explain what it was that prevented him doing so, but described the effects as like a vibration. The entities boarded the UFO and took (laughs) off. Although Fuentes was the only witness to the event, the other four members of the garrison were witness to his state of mind and were impressed by the agitation that he suffered. Not typical of a man of his kind. Psychological testing indicated that Fuentes was an uncomplicated person, not prone to flights of imagination or fantasy, with a tendency to react aggressively, which very much bears out his initial reaction to the UFO. Yeah. Yeah. He saw saw some shit. And he's a simple, 
He's a he's a simple Jack. He's a simple man. And uh, and he uh, he saw some shit. They flew away. I like the vibration to stop him. Yeah, yeah that's pretty neat. Uh, that's down in uh, South America, and there's definitely a lot of cases down there. I mean, we still have to do the. I still think we got to do the one about Cobrares. Um, there's a good one about that about Cobrares Brazil. Oh yeah, oh, there's a really good case file. We'll probably have to bring that up later. That was pretty neat though. Like, uh, like you were just stopped, so he just saw these three entities and just yeah. And he raised his he raised his gun, and then he just. Because he's simple, Jack. He <laughs> can't describe, but he said he felt vibrations that it just made him stop, and he wasn't able to shoot. Interesting. Do anything. Yeah. I like gotta take that. Oh. Um, Could have been anything from just like telekinetic abilities. Could have been anything. Force fields. I don't know. You never know. We'll have to get him on the show. Yep. But he's a simple, <laughs> probably can't figure out a computer. No. Yeah, he is. <laughs> we'll, get him. we'll write him a letter. Sweet. All right. Uh, on to Rendlesham Forest. Britain's Roswell, as it's called. Their most famous UFO incident. Um, Dan, you want to give us a quick uh, quick summary of it? Uh, yeah, I'll break it down. So break Rendlesham. it down. <laughs> Around 3 a.m. on December 26, 1980, a security patrol consisting of one John Burroughs and Jim Penniston uh, were near the east gate of the Royal Air Force Base in Woodbridge. Um, reported seeing a bright light that descended into a nearby Rendlesham Forest. Uh, upon arrival, the two servicemen reported that an object emanating bright colored light seemed to move through the trees. Penniston uh, later reported that he got close enough to actually see strange hieroglyphic symbols on the hull of this craft, which they had gotten close enough to see when they got through the forest close enough. And he said that he even touched it. Um, after some time, they said the craft rose slowly above the trees and then accelerated away at high speed. Um, th- this this one's a little bit strange because it, it it not only it's it's not just one thing it's not just these two guys saw it then even two nights later a different set of military personnel had a similar encounter with different lights and this time when the lights were spotted um, this time by Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt uh, they said that they saw another craft which had actually not not just going through the forest or or seeming to to move at low altitude but moved over the forest where near where the original craft had been two nights before and as actually beaming down uh shafts of light onto different spots in the forest and even they reported towards a sensitive area a sensitive area of the actual military base itself so this thing was moved it was tracked on radar it, it's one of the most uh well documented cases uh of a ufo encounter uh in the world um actually i think so um and they call it uh, britain's Definitely Britain's Roswell is the most well-known and well-documented UFO case in the UK, at least. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that goes along with this one. Like you have uh, you have Penniston when he touches the craft. So let's let's just, let's go back to the start a little bit and we'll just kind of walk through what kind of what they did, I guess. 
So after they seen the craft, Peniston and Burroughs went to have investigate. And I guess when they got to where this the light was that was on the forest floor or whatever, it was they had this weird like stat they claim a weird static like charge in the air. And then Burroughs claims he doesn't remember any of the incident. He was like enveloped in some weird light and he claims he doesn't remember anything of the incident. But then when Penningston touched the craft and he seen like there was like some weird hieroglyphs, he likened them to uh, Egyptian, but he was not a Egyptologist. So who does who really knows what they were exactly? But when he touched the craft, he claims that he had like a string, a series of ones and zeros embedded into his brain. And then it, it, they didn't leave his brain till he wrote them out on his little like notepad the following day or whatever. Yeah, uh, they definitely have uh, evidence or they had reports that these two guys have missing time where they said that about there was about like 40 minutes where they're uh, when they were actually reporting back to the base there. They said that their comms went dark for about 40 minutes. So these guys lost about 40 minutes. So there is missing time. Um whether they had actually been abducted or or anything like that, it, it's still kind of up for up for things. It could have been during that time that he touched the craft, and uh, at least one of them didn't remember what happened. It's yeah, to me, it's like I wouldn't even I I wouldn't even touch it. I don't know what would <laughs> compel you to be like, oh Ooh, man, shiny. I gotta touch this thing. I'd be like. <laughs> I'd be like hiding in the bushes, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, these guys are, maybe they were drawn to it. Maybe they didn't have a choice. Maybe they had to maybe. do it. They were, yeah, there was, they, something was wanting them to get a message. Yeah. Well, that, okay. Well, let's go with the message. So then, uh, there's, there's more to the story, but we'll just start right here with these, with these high, these, uh, full report of his binary codes. Um, where did I do? What did I do with them? Oh, here they are. So, in deciphered, like I guess they they uh, they translated the binary code into English, and it says exploration of humanity six 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 space eight one zero zero, and there's a coordinate. Uh, this one doesn't work on Google Maps, so it might be incorrect. But continuous for planetary advance, but doesn't advance doesn't finish, and then three question marks. Fourth coordinate continuate UQS CBPR four and then it gives uh six coordinates and if you click on them i'll post i'll post this link on our website there the first one is uh right on the border of belize and guatemala there's one in arizona there's one yeah red red rock state park arizona uh giza the great uh, plateau of giza that's pretty fucking crazy oh this isn't oh is this fucking nazca yeah, Nazca lines. Okay, like right there. So you got the pyramids and the Nazca lines, and I'm like, how, like, how well would these things be? Like, I only know the Nazca lines because of internet research, right? Like research and then watching like conspiracy shows. How well are people going to know about that in the 80s? Like, it's not like they had the internet, or whatever. Like, maybe there's some weird documentary or something. About well, the Nazca lines? Yeah, they definitely. I mean, they, they've known, they definitely knew about them by the eighties. You had a. Uh, well, I'm just like saying. Leonard I'm just Newboy's saying. I know people knew about yeah. them, but I'm just saying that that information probably wasn't as widely accessible as it is now. Yeah, it would be an all encyclopedia, so you'd have to go looking for yeah. that kind of shit. Yeah, 
Especially if you had like the exact core, if I mean the like coordinates to it. I mean, you probably knew about them, but how would you like? Oh, I'm gonna know the coordinates for the for the NASCAR lines. Pop yeah. these in the GPS, and you know exactly where it is. That's a little bit difficult. I wouldn't know that. I don't even know where you would. I mean, besides Google Maps, I'm like, how would you? How would you even know those coordinates? Even if you looked it up in an encyclopedia, that wouldn't give you the exact coordinates. No, and these, no, and these I guess you could look on a map and. Yeah, these coordinates are like, like thirty seven point one one zero one nine five, like pretty, pretty accurate and down then, to the. And then not the only that, you would have to look those up, and then figure out what those would be in binary. Yeah, so like this one's been debunked. They say by because he didn't he didn't translate them right away, so he's like he's claiming that he this is part of like a, a message like uh, he's trying to get a little publicity by making making this up. That's what people say. But I don't know. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so, so they touch the craft. Missing time. Like a pretty awesome UFO encounter. But then this is kind of where the conspiracy one starts. Because uh, Charles Halt, as you said, he com- I think it was actually the next day. Charles Hart, he arrives on site and he hears about, all- he hears about this, right? So that night, they take another team out to go looking for him, including Burroughs. And so, yeah, when they find that, when they see the craft again the next night, they claim, and the thing with this story is, it's kind of like Roswell's, there's so many different versions of the story. But this, so this version of the story I found is that when they found, when they seen this, it was like a red glowing light the next night when they went out to the woods, because they went out with a Geiger counter, right? And they're counting like how radioactive the place was. And then they, they hear like, kind of like a, what do you call it? When there's a term for it, but I don't remember what it is. When animals they they just go really crazy really quick and then they all go they all go silent. It's just dead silence in the woods. And they see this. Yeah, I read about that a couple of times. They had the the animals going into a frenzy. They just kind of these animals in and the nearby farms around this area. Because this, if you look on a map, like between rent the Air Force Base and Rendlesham, there's like a bunch of farmland. Like this is it's not like. There's one little city nearby with a lighthouse, and then there's pretty much all farmland all around. And the animals on the farms nearby were were going nuts. Like they weren't. It's it's not. It was not normal behavior for these animals when when this stuff was going on. Yeah, and so like I guess when they this this story claims that when they seen it, it was like a red light. And like when it came closer, it looked like it, it looked like a human eye. This craft looked like a human eye. And this is when it shot the beam down. It shot the beam down at this claims is shot the beam at Burroughs again. And one one of the people say claim that Burroughs actually disappeared for a short period of time and then reappeared reappeared later. But I don't know. It's cool. So this this one event, but two over two nights. So they say it was the same event both nights. And they you can listen to the uh, they like they audio recorded them going out the second night. Yeah, Charles. Yeah, uh, halt, the the halt has an actual uh, audio recording. He took a, a tape recorder with him and recorded, it, and it's about like eighteen minutes um, recording of him talking into his tape recorder and and, and actually seeing this strange uh, this strange light, and it, it his it records like their whole encounter with it. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of strange stuff. So, like when they walk out there. They're they're like they get they're getting like radioactivity readings from the center of where the craft had uh, landed, uh, heat readings like 
and and they're spooked. They're like, man, you can hear it in their voices. Like, this is weird. Like, this is so weird. And like right there, you're like, okay, well, obviously what's going on at this one specific type is not an everyday occurrence. Like you're not, they're not just picking up heat signatures on the way in when they walk there. It was when they got there, they pick up these uh, readings. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. Yeah. When they, I mean, they went out there and I mean, they even said they took Geiger counter readings around the area that they, they had seen the craft land or, or been near the ground and they were getting readings of uh, abnormally high radiation signatures from that area. So it's not like, it's not like there's no evidence that the thing wasn't there. I mean, there's even some photos they have, uh, some photos that were published that show what looked like triangular, uh, triangular indentations in the ground where something had landed. If it had landing gear it, it, there, um, like you can, you can Google them, you can look them up and it's like these small things and they try to explain them away. Some people try to debunk it saying that they, these things could have been by, by animals maybe, but even if it were a deer or something, what? like it's not like <laughs> just a couple of rabbits tossing about <laughs> nothing to see. What's all, jolly, what's all you said? What's all jolly, you said? Jolly good. Um, that's ridiculous. I'm like, have you seen rat? Like, I am not an animal expert at all. I go into the woods and like, where you think you see a craft and like, I'm not mistaken. I know what a rabbit digging looks like. I know what their little burrows look like. There's no way you're going to mistake a hundred of those for like, you're like, oh, Look at all these rabbit burrows, but look at these three, uh, these three are landing pads. Like I'm like, that's a pretty big mistake to make. That's why I'm like, there's no way, there's no way these military people are like, well, you know what? I guess we don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why they were stuck at the air force base and not out deployed. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like, I can't imagine going up there and being like, after they said anything, someone else going up there and be like, oh, it's just a couple rabbits. No worries. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. I mean, these are even if you are like the dumbest guy, and you're you're not exactly. If you're a simple man, yeah. <laughs> you see these lights, and you can't tell me that you could be like these are these are. Uh, they try to. Some people try to explain it away. I mean, some scientists have tried to to explain it away, saying that it was it was bright starlight or it was oh. uh, like a reflection from. There's a lighthouse near that area that was a, a couple miles away. That it's like, that oh, it was the lighthouse, and I'm like, it's ridiculous. What? Yeah. If you like, that's the most. You're saying that three military guys were seeing the sky through the forest, and they're like, what are those lights? Those twinkling lights. And someone's I, like, "Oh, those are stars." And they're like, oh God, <laughs> gotta be what? aliens! Like, <laughs> How, like there's, I, there's no way. That's the worst explanation. Oh, they're just seeing stars through the trees. No big deal. Yeah, right. You can't. You can't tell me that uh, trained military personnel like looked at this stuff and were not able to identify. I, I mean, they. I mean, they weren't able to identify it. But you can't say like, "Hey, this is." This is really weird, guys. This is not a. This is not. That's definitely not the lighthouse. It's definitely not a civilian aircraft. I don't know what it is. This stuff happened, and you know, and it's not like it was just those two guys that that said something. You know, maybe they were tying one on or whatever. However, they say it in British or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not like these guys were. 
However they say it in British. British. You mean in English? In English. (laughs) They speak British over there. Speaking British. Um, Imagine going back. You like see this. You go back to your supervisor like, oh, listen, like corporal uh, or commander. I don't know what the how the rankings work over there. And you're like, well, this is American Air Force Base. So. They're oh, lieutenants. Lieutenants? Lieutenant. I don't know. Okay, yeah. so you go there, you're like, listen, we saw a craft. Fucking Bob over here touched it. He's seeing ones and zeros. He's been writing it all day like a fucking crazy person. We went back there tonight with our fucking gigameters or whatever they're called. <laughs> Gigameter. We're, we got heat signature. There's lights in the woods. Like, we're freaked out. We're getting all these weird signatures where it was. Shit's moving around in the woods. He got zapped. He disappeared for half an hour. And now he's back. He's like, he's like sitting there behind his desk, like taking it all in. He goes, you boys probably just saw the stars. Stars through the trees. That's yeah. all it was. Or like, what? Or you got you this, not just, or you got this guy, this guy, Kevin Cond or Condi. Oh, he, I he, love that he one. claims it wasn't a UFO. It was just my 79 Plymouth. He drove it out to the woods. He's a police officer and was pl- pranking the guys. Like I got him good. I got him good, you guys. My seventy nine Plymouth. Yeah. Fucked him right up. <laughs> I had that thing pinned. Like bullshit. Have, <laughs> I used to have a car and the second you took that thing off the road, it was like fuck banging around, clanging around. And a seventy nine Plymouth, dude, you were you'd be dusting that thing. Even on a field, you'd be bouncing around making all sorts of noises. You tell me you rigged that with sirens and you fool three adults, be like, What is that? Oh god. <laughs> it's it's an alien. Like no, you do you weren't driving your Plymouth through the through the. That's not what they saw. It's yeah, and, and this guy's only got close enough to touch it. It's you know. <laughs> Did you, imagine, like, you put some lights on your Plymouth, and this idiot goes and he's like, "Look at this thing! Oh it's god, amazing! It's amazing! I got to touch Gold it! Blimey! <laughs> it's an alien!" He's <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're we're all trying to do a British accent, but it's yours comes out as Australian. It's so funny. It's an alien. I don't know how you could possibly. You got two idiots out in the woods rubbing a '79 Plymouth. (laughs) (laughs) He disappeared. He's like, I got in it. I was in the back seat from the from the town, like nearby, even reporting like seeing this light. It wasn't like um, like you have people from the town reporting, seeing not different things, but pretty much the same thing. I mean, they heard I think some of them heard a loud, like a loud booming sound. At least a possibility. I've got a on your point of a lot of people are calling it in. Here's a quick theory on why everyone's seen it. From what I've heard of England, it's fucking cloudy and rainy all the time. (laughs) <laughs> could could this date be the actually the first date where the clouds cleared and people in England saw the stars for the first time? They saw the sky for the first time, and everyone just fucking lost it. There's, we're we're surrounded. <laughs> yes, please, uh, United Kingdom listeners, please call us back. And if December twenty sixth was the first time that the UK fought, saw the sky, please confirm that. <laughs> that was the first time that British people saw the sky. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, every like people were calling. That's how I'm like, how how do you explain you're gonna be like, yeah, I was at Plymouth, bunch around like, okay, well, what about the other people that called? Yeah, and it's like it the the lights got up and took off. 
It's not like they like bounced away through the woods like a, a 79 Plymouth would do, like somehow bouncing through the woods or, you know, clanging off through the woods. I mean, these things took off and like people are saying that they moved at least maybe like Mach 2 or 3. It looked like that they were moving the speed that they were moving away from the area. You um, know what, though? I got to say something about on that frame of measurement. I have no frame of reference to be claiming things are going Mach 2 or Mach 3 or even to be able to if something flew by me at Mach 2 and then something flew by me at Mach 3. I don't know if I could even tell you that those are two different mocks. <laughs> to be honest, like if if a dog runs by me real fast, I'm like, thing was going like Mach 1. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea. So when people say that, like how fast is Mach? What does well, Mach, Mach mean? Well, Mach one is Mach one is beyond is beyond the speed of sound. The speed of sound is like seven hundred and sixty, like seven hundred and sixty-two miles per hour, something like that. Like seven hundred and sixty-two. I think it's somewhere in seven hundred. We got to change. We got to change that. It's either that thing was flying, that thing was humming. We <laughs> <laughs> need an exact. We need an exact uh, a term for for besides Mach. What's wrong with Mach? It just doesn't make any sense because then you're like, oh, it's beyond the speed of sound. But I'm like, well, it doesn't really sound like it has anything to do with sound other than it's a funny sound to say. Yeah, but if you were in the Air Force, mock, mock would be a pretty uh, pretty normal term, I think. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I don't. I see what you mean. Like Mach 2 or Mach 3. It was going, it was going, yeah. fuck, it was going fucking fast, boys. Well, it's like members of the public are calling in and they're being like, it's got to be going Mach 1. I'm like, how the fuck would you know the difference between that? Or even... <laughs> How fast that's going. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's such a bad thing to, like, say if a car was zipping and you had to give a description, you're like, Mach 1. It was going Mach 1. You're like, well, that's ridiculously fast. Like, you don't even know how fast that is to say. Like, what if it was only going 300 kilometers? Now you've greatly exaggerated how fast that thing was going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. The fact that it's moving through mo well, the fact that it's moving through the air in a like you go straight up and then take off in any direction. I mean, there are plenty of reports of UFOs. You know stuff on Earth doesn't move like that. You know that any airplane, helicopter, whatever does not move. I most people, even if they're simple people they you can see something that'd be like that's moving way too fast in a direction that's uh, ch sudden changes in direction that's not normal that is yeah. not how things move the only thing i know on earth that would move like that is pulp from what i hear what pulp <laughs> pulp can move baby little seinfeld joke for you oh okay oh my god didn't, get, uh, didn't catch it what? didn't catch it didn't catch it <laughs> but hey, that would have killed when this podcast is for Bradens. <laughs> would have killed. What a land. We would have all been in stitches still. <laughs> um, just, that whole yeah. thing. The, the whole the whole thing is crazy. That you have other people calling it in, and like you'd be like, "Yeah, I was a guy with a Plymouth," but like other other people called it in. Yeah, and it, this is this is 1980. This is the height of the Cold War. Um, this base that they're at, that they were at um, in the Suffolk, Suffolk area here was uh, apparently it was a, it was actually a large like uh, information kind of hub. Uh, it was pretty. It was host to a lot of sensitive information, things like that. I don't think it was a nuclear facility at the time, um, but it was actually a pretty important base. 
in terms of uh, like strategic wise during the Cold War. Dave, and, or Dan, when you say uh, it's it wasn't a nuclear facility at the time, is it one now? I don't know. I you oh, can't. Okay. I don't. I don't think so. It's gonna be like because we always talk about like. I think it's still. I'm pretty sure it's an active base, but it's it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not. That's not where they keep like nuclear weapons or anywhere. That would be a really weird place to keep them in the middle of a bunch of farmland. Um, and and I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cases, uh, UFO cases of UFOs landing around these areas, uh, sensitive military installations during the Cold War. Um, I mean, there's reason for them to the to kind of freak out. I mean, they could have thought it was a Russian aircraft or something like that. Um, well, and, and like in the 80s, to be honest, like you got to think people would freak out because, you know, like. Britain's Britain's been pounded by, you know, planes and stuff in World War Two and stuff. So they've they've seen shit from the skies. You know what I mean? Like, so something's weird. You you got to think that people like there's still people that remember and are calling that shit in all the time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not. I mean, anybody who saw this kind of thing is—it's not. They would be able to de- determine if it was a, a civilian aircraft or or some sort of, you know, jet or something like that. But that it just it just went down this ball of light, um, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't like space junk or anything like that. It was. It just came down, crashed, and you still had lights going on and, and this stuff going on. And the fact that it happened over, you know, a couple nights, it wasn't even just like that these, um, that this just happened one time and then it was done. And then these guys, it's it's everybody saw it uh, and everybody saw these lights uh, beaming down. I mean, that would be super creepy just watching this 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 thing move around Um over the forest, just like beaming down light everywhere. Like I, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> that were happening. Yeah. That, that, well, and then I was going to say that, that plays a, uh, if all these, all these guys who claim it was a prank and shit, they did it both nights. Like I never, you never read about that. They're like, yeah, I was just a Plymouth. <laughs> both both nights. Like, I got you twice, buddy. Got you twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way. He's like, I had so much fun bouncing my Plymouth in the fucking woods. I went not right away. I didn't want to make it too obvious, so I waited two days. And I went and fucking rat bagged my car again in the <laughs> woods. I would like to see. There's no way. I'm looking at pictures of the area. There is no way you're fucking bouncing a car in no unbelievable that to me that's unbelievable to say that you would be bouncing a a car around there especially like a big old fucking boat car like a 79 plymouth just pull up a picture of a 79 plymouth for a second here they're enormous they're like they're a huge car they're a boat pulling it up yeah and then you could be driving them just like you could just be driving these through the forest uh, I'm assuming it's dense forest and there's not just like, it, it, you don't take these things off-roading. Like, <laughs> like I said, I used to, I used to have, uh, like an Oldsmobile, uh, Oldsmobile Omega similar. It's like a boat. Um, and it, 
that thing every now and then like we'd go to when i was in high school we'd go to like whatever bush parties and even to take that thing on a forestry road <laughs> was painful man it was like bouncing around bouncing off the road like they're not made to be bouncing and if you look at pictures this is it's this isn't like i it, it, when i first thought of this in my head i was picturing like fucking you know fields and that and like but when you look at the google maps even in the aerial like and then look at fucking photos it's a four it's a thick ass forest there's no yeah. way you're bouncing a car through there what you i get think, stuck I think, what, I think when he's like he said i think he he said it. he just parked it up on a road behind the trees and just let the lights do the work and that's oh so fuck that's even that's even, that that's even worse sense. it's even that's, worse yeah than. oh jesus <laughs> He's just fucking lazy. These guys are seeing things move in the woods, and he's like, "Well, really, I was just parked there having a dart." <laughs> Fooled him. Secondly, I'm pretty sure it's always illegal to drive around in a car rigged with lights. So I'd like to see how he kind of rigged up his car. Like, did he have it? I wonder if he had his lights on the top, or did he have like one of those cool detective ones we just put on? Not sure. Not sure, actually. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool because they have a... It looks like they uh, they have a UFO trail there. And they have a like what they think the craft looked like, like built there. Which is kind of cool. What they think the craft looked like? Yeah, it's like parked in the spot. They have like... They have a... Oh, I'm they, looking at this thing. They went, like, and they have like a, a like a monument. Yeah, oh. like a monument there. Funny because pretty cool. I can't. Yeah, you can go visit it. They've got a little trail there. Um, I know that you can walk around um, if you want to like visit the the site of the area. But you can you can walk around through the forest. But even if you look at the forest, it's this is deep. Like this is British. This is some Lord of the Rings forest shit. It's not like you could. Yeah, I you got could drive a car through there or anything. Like it's, there's you know. no way. And and those things can't handle where shit. You would have to fucking a thousand point turn to get anywhere. You'd be doing an Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. I, I got some I got some cool quotes from uh, so I got James Penniston. Uh, he says, "What I once believed is no more, and what I've witnessed defies all that I have ever imagined. I am truly in awe over the whole incident, and no one can fully understand the magnitude of such an event unless you were there." Yeah, oh. no kidding. Yeah, people people don't just like say that stuff. I mean, yeah, dude, I couldn't. Okay, like right now, honest to God, we all love conspiracies. We lo all love UFOs. I could not talk any of you guys into going into like and doing a a full media hoax with me. You know what I mean? One of you guys would be like, "This is a stupid idea," and now you're talking about military people a group of them being like yeah we're going to go through with this we're going to do all these false reports we're going to go through the trouble of like i'm sure the reports they had to write for this shit was insane and then all the media attention and you have to just keep it up yeah well, you know what now that you mentioned mentioned the reports uh i was listening to uh nick pope do you know nick pope he's like uh he was a head of the uf of the british ufo department for the for the military or the air force. I can't remember which one it was, but anyways, he's now he's a full on UFO researcher 
and he's pretty much talked he's talked about before that he's in- interviewed all the guys on that base from this time period and pretty much they've all sworn that that with the statement that they had to give was pretty much pre-written for them and then they had to sign like non-disclosure agreements so everyone everyone signed and no one talked except for this, those few guys that we that we've heard about right everyone else who yeah. everyone else who gave a report has has still honored their non-disclosure yeah except uh like Charles Halt Paddington or Burroughs like this the, just these few just these few guys what's Kate he there, I had a name written down but I can't find his I can't find anything about him anywhere um it says he's a witness to the event and I wrote his name down because he's got the best name but then uh he the only thing I can find for him is a quote where he said it didn't crash it landed and his name is Bud Steffens. Bud Steffens? Bud Steffens. I love it. That's an awesome name. I actually want to change his last name to Stuffins so that it can be Bud Stuffins. <laughs> to, oh, Bud, that's a best porn name. That's going to be my porn name if I ever get into porn. <laughs> I guess it'd be, it's like a good gay porn name, though. Bud Stuffins. Mm, that's well, you great. Gotta, oh, my God. Bow, bitch, bow, bow, bow. Introducing Steph- Bud, Bud Stuffins. Stuffins. <laughs> Sar- <laughs> sorry, Sergeant Bud Stuffins, at your service. Get it right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I wrote down his name because he had a he had a be, being asked in an interview. Um, they kept saying crash. They kept saying crash, and then he just goes, "It didn't crash. It landed." And it says, witness to uh, the event, uh, spotted strange lights on December 25th, 26th, 1980. So the first night. But I, I don't see anything about him in the... So I'm wondering if he's one of the people that has like a non-disclosure. And he just did like a anonymous something. As Bud Stuffins? That's his... Yeah, that's his... He, he, was, <laughs> he was thinking the same thing as you. Yeah. Like, no, it's a good fucking name. He's like, I can't give my real name, but... He's like, I got a great porn name. I'm gonna give you Sergeant Bud Stuffins. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I it's, think uh, I think this is just um, th- there's a lot of stuff that goes with this thing. There's um, there's even talk of at least one of the guys. Um, his last name is uh, Bastinza. <laughs> I think this is really funny. Bastinza. Um, oh yeah, Adrian. So Adrian Bastinza or right? Bastininza. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. Um, they All actually, these guys gave porn names. Uh, this one guy actually claimed that he witnessed um, one of their one of the officers uh, approach the craft. This is the second craft, or able the second craft in the um, uh, in the in the event or during the two days, two or three days that they saw us. And he said that he actually saw, uh, this wing commander, Gordon Williams encounter some type of extraterrestrial being, um, wearing some sort of bright clothing and had some sort of device and that they just kind of like stood there and stared at each other. And, and, and there was no, like there was no communication or anything. They just kind of stood there for a second. Um, and that's even really weird, which I would think it's, that's it. It could have been, I don't, he says that it could have been an extraterrestrial with bright clothing and some sort of device, but I think it's probably 
it's probably more likely it was people who were there like investigating with like, yeah, they could have been wearing radiation suits um, with, with Geiger counters or Jiga counters as Braden calls them. <laughs> um, it's a good one. Um, you know, so some of this stuff, I, I, I think some of the stuff could have been misconstrued as, as that could happen. I mean, that's very likely that you had people there investigating radiation signatures or stuff like that. And some people like, Oh, they're, they're meeting aliens there with these weird clothes on and stuff like that. Eh, you know, yeah, I, don't, I never really, I never read anything about uh, any actual beings, but um, I think it's more likely that I know I've read a couple reports where, or a couple theories where it's that the first, the first night was a crash, this this UFO crash there, and that they retrieved the craft. Um, and they somehow retrieved the craft or parts of the craft and they took them back to the base and that the second craft, some people say that they theorize that that was actually like a retrieval craft. Like it was looking for the other one. And that's why you had these beams of light coming down. They were actually searching for the wreckage from that first crash. Okay. They so, couldn't find so then, so is, a, is, is the whole story a cover up then for actually them finding the UFO and then this whole like, oh, we touched the craft and ones and zeros is all something different? Well, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm saying that the second craft could have been something like because they said that w when they observed it, when they observed the craft uh, the second time, the second night or uh, two nights after the first crash of what happened, that they had it, it moved over the area in a search pattern style. It wasn't it was methodically it wasn't like it was just going random places. It looked like it was actually searching like a search pattern like you would for anything if you were looking for something. Uh, it was just going like bit by bit searching for this thing and even going towards the, the, the craft there. So it, it, it's either it they got something. Like we 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 recovered something and then they took it to that base or or, or cut it off somewhere else. And that craft was looking for it, but um, that—that's one theory is that it was looking for it, and we got something from it. But I, other than that, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know where exactly where they would take it. Whether they would take it back to that base, being so close, uh, to keep it for a day or two until they shipped it off. I mean, I know there were there were United States Air Force officers at that at that facility. At the time, there were a couple stationed there. Um, that's just, I think that's usually the case with most, uh, uh, at least with like a NATO ally or something like that. You'd have a couple of United States Air Force guys on on site. And uh, some people even, I'm pretty sure a couple of people actually reported seeing um, like suits there, agents, like people who weren't exactly look like they were affiliated with the military, but they were there at the at the crash site. Um, in that second, that, that first or second night. So I would think that that's the more likely story of what happened is something crashed there. And then we got a piece of it, took it, they, they, they carted it up, took it off. And then that other one came looking for it. But as to whether we would communicate it with that craft or, or it just, it was like, Oh, can't find it. I'm out of here. Um, so then if, it, so what about, Pennington or Penniston and uh, Burroughs. What did they What did they encounter then? If it was if if that was was that the crashed craft? No, I'm saying they found the first. They found that crashed craft, and then it, it, yeah, because they said it took off. 
But I'm saying that either they, it could have said they maybe they they think it took off. That's the thing. I don't well, know. If they maybe don't, the, if they don't really remember back. anything, then who knows? I guess. Yeah. Well, even even Holt, even Holt has gone on the record and said that he believes he it was an extraterrestrial event and it 100 was covered up. And then, like, you get the base commander. I'm reading this part. The base commander was like. He, in 2010, years after he was there, he goes, this is great. He goes, we saw nothing. Pretty much we saw nothing to what Holt's describing in the sky on the ground. He's like, we had people there to validate Holt's narrative. None of them could. He goes, Holt should be ashamed and embarrassed by his allegations that his country and Britain would both conspire to de- conspire to deceive their citizens. Uh, he knows better than that. Uh, he says Jim Penniston never once at the time mentioned any uh, such occurrence or touching the craft. And he said, this whole thing's probably a hoax. That's the base commander in 2010. In, 1980, in 1983, a report came out from that base that was never, that came out in the Freedom of Information Act from 1983. And it's the same colonel. And he's like, uh, got a report. Um, two men, see something like a small plane descending in the forest Two of the men tracked the object on foot, uh, came upon a large tripod shaped craft, no windows, uh, brilliant red and blue lights. Each time the men came within 50 yards of the, sh- the ship, uh, levitated six feet. Um, they followed it for, uh, almost an hour. It took off at phenomenal speed. Um, I investigated in the morning, uh, located triangular pattern, uh, looks to be made from tripod legs. And upon interviewing um, the men, those lads saw something. I don't know what it was. And in 2010, he's like, nope, no one saw nothing. No one claims anything. But like from, <laughs> he, he had written a report earlier being like totally contradicting. So it's like the 2010 one sounds like it's the 2010 one makes me think that the government has conspired to cover it up. <laughs> because he's he's literally written that he's in he's like did the investigation he's just like nope nope doesn't I don't believe it <laughs> never mind but but you wrote it right here nope no I didn't no your signature is right here no no that no, that's not my signature incorrect <laughs> oh that's that's a screenplay that's a screenplay I've been working on <laughs> softening it around yep. just um, wanted that wants to keep his pension is what he wants it's like, oh. <laughs> I'll burn you. Can they take you? Can they take that away from you? Uh, I would assume they could have something for that. Like if it were that big, kind of big a deal, they could rip that right out from them. I'm sure. Oh, they could do a something whole bunch. like that. So uh, it's like we want you to say this, you know, so you keep getting that pension. If you want to keep that retirement, mm, living that cushy retirement, better deny everything. Um, it's not. That's not unusual. That's that's the thing is they got that kind of control over something like that. But you can't I I would say you can't deny that there's something something really weird happened. Oh, 100 (laughs) percent. And so you say you take these guys at face value and they did. This guy did touch the craft and it did have Egyptian looking glyphs on it. Man. That my mind jumps right to uh, right to ancient Egypt. And how how did it actually like this is the ancient aliens pretty much right here? If aliens really did come to Earth and instill like language and culture into humanity or like 
um, genetically manipulate us from some type of hominid. Maybe it's just this. It's the same shit that's going on. This craft just came down. Checking it out. I don't know why. I don't know why it would just sit there and wait for him to touch it though. Like I don't know what's uh, what's going on with that. Because usually, yeah. I mean, if it were that, I would say it'd have to be some sort of. Uh, I would think it would be some sort of unmanned craft. Like it would have to be if there was something as some sort of intelligence you know, a biological intelligence controlling it. I mean, I, I'm sure they would have just taken off. Like, why would they just sit there and, you know, let these monkeys put your hands all over it? I don't know. <laughs> like, why would you do that? I would think it would just be some sort of unmanned craft that just kind of went down, like landed for a second and, and took back off maybe. Um, and then the one that came back the second time was, uh, looking for something i assume uh like i said this is, the, this is the height of the cold war i mean the ufos had been kind of popping up everywhere or at least more frequently at that time and i mean all the way up from um maybe they were just seeing where we were at and the fact that we were like you know pretty close to blowing ourselves up at that point <laughs> like yeah. high of the cold war we were pretty on the you know on the precipice of nuclear war and that would make a good time to check us out. But, you know, there had to have been something there for that they were looking for. Because, it's I mean, it sounds like they were specifically looking for something. Like, that could have been some sort of probe. And then the second one came by and was looking for something specific. Looking, you know, you're looking for, you send your little probe in. It lands, takes some readings, takes back off, and then brings back that stuff. So It damaged the pine trees around when it took off. They have pictures of from the eighties of this tree with damaged limbs near the top of this tall tree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like, there's no way it could have been. Um, Cause some people are like, Oh, it was a civil, it could have been a civilian aircraft. I'm like, what civilian aircraft goes to crashes through a bunch of trees, then takes off again. Cause there's nothing that does that. Not, not a military, not a civilian aircraft, not a military aircraft. It, nothing really does that. And without with hardly making noise with that much light, you can't tell me uh, that something does that. Oh, man, I'm looking at uh, they did like they took because he had a duty notebook and he did. Um, who? Which one of them did this? Um, Peniston. Or penis ton. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the first one. Oh, <laughs> um, he they like they made the glyphs what he saw and they look they look cool like i'm looking at a website right now uh, i'll i'll send you i'll send it to the the conversation here so you guys pull it up too they're they're like they're i i i would never describe them as um like ancient egypt but i get i get why someone would say that but they are like they're very alien oh those are strange yeah yeah, they're like pictographs. They're, they're yeah. more pictures than they are like letters or something. That could have been, I mean, as far as you I mean, those kind of look like, uh, could be some sort of logo. could be just, the, you know, the the company that builds the craft, if it's some sort of intergalactic kind of thing. It could be the name of, they could be the name of the, cla- the craft or something like that. Should be kind of neat. Um, but shoot, that's, God, that'd be crazy. Pretty cool. Dude, I'm looking at his notebook where he just does 16 pages of ones and zeros. Yeah, it's weird, eh? Like, no, no. I, that's a hard thing. Like, I'm like, okay, so that's such a big prank. Like, say if this is a hoax. There's so much studying to do to get your message, look up the coordinates, 
figure out how to get everything into binary code and then memorizing a binary code or, or figuring out somewhere else and then rewriting it again. And like, this looks hastily written. Like it doesn't look like it's not on the lines. It's all over the place. Like he just had to get it out. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. He, he like ripping something, he underlines and quickly crosses some out. It looks like it's like, it's, it's, it's not on the lines. Some of it's going up and down. Like, no, it's, interesting i just now maybe this you maybe if it's a hoax it's a fucking damn good one if it's a hoax hell yeah gotta be one of the best if it got this many people convinced now what if uh, all these what if these ones and zeros like say this was an alien an alien drone ship came down to to deliver a message to whoever would touch it first and these fucking coordinates are some type of some type of puzzle or some type of key to something because one of them is giza one of them is nazca I just checked one, the first one I said that didn't work. It's actually just off the coast of Ireland in the in the ocean. So I don't know what uh, maybe maybe these points are ley lines of the Earth. Like we always talk about, like the power grid of the Earth. Yeah, I've never really looked much into it, but maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out because maybe these are some type of like power grid of the of the world. Oh, well, they could be checking that. That is a that is a good theory. And so it says year eighty one hundred. So. So a lot of people say this is like a lot of people say that aliens are actually time traveling humans from the future. So maybe this is something to do with that because in this ones and zeros it deciphers to origin year eighty one hundred. But I mean that's eighty one hundred is that's pretty it's far. That's pretty. Far. <laughs> By that point, yeah, especially if it's only seventeen hundred right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yes. No. No. So it's a really it's one of the coolest UFO incidents for sure. It really, it really is. It's got so much like cool, like questionable stuff where you're like, yeah, just like in the debunking of this one is just, it seems just like the debunking is ridiculous. The debunking doesn't make any sense. Okay. I get it. One guy said he did it with the Plymouth. Like, okay, like, sure. Some people said it's a lighthouse through the trees, but that lighthouse is always there. These military guys are not like, Hey, it's a different light today. You know, like, this is, you would have seen that every fucking every night. Every night, yeah. It's not like just turn it on. Just, oh, we we pointed it the wrong way just tonight. Well, it yeah, circles can, around, yeah. right? It yeah. circles. So then it'd be like, there it is again. It's gone. Yeah. It's back. It's gone. It's back. <laughs> it's gone. That's called blinking, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's gone. No more. Uh, you, know, you can't. Yeah, they're definitely they're trying to debunk it stuff, saying it's a the, lighthouse or the, something the, like that. It's just, no, why? If they were seeing the lighthouse, you would have heard that in the tape when they went the the on the 28th or whenever they went. You would have heard them be like, there's a light. Oh, it's gone. No, it's back. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. And that, eventually someone would have been like, I think that might be the fucking lighthouse that's <laughs> over there. Yeah, and they're saying that these lights, like, there are reports that it was it, like it started out as one light. It came down. It 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 split into uh, to up to five different lights, and then come back together and then shoot off. It, it's like you would not mistake a lighthouse light for doing that. That's not something. It's not something that happens ever. 
Like it's not you can't explain it away with ball lightning or some sort of like freak weather effect or, you know, lights bouncing off of clouds or anything like that. That's that's just something that doesn't happen naturally or or a trick of the, you know, a trick of the the atmosphere or something. That's that's something that these things had. So there's something controlling these things and they were moving around uh, guided by some sort of intelligence. And you just can't explain that away with with lighthouses or 79 Plymouths. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I just parked it. Turn the lights on. Yeah. Gotcha, guys. Gotcha. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah. And this, these Charles Halt recordings, you can go read the whole transcript of it. Yeah, you, the, the, I listened to the whole uh, the whole tape. Like it's those guys are sound spooked. They and do like, sound spooked. There's a good there's a good like you can act spooked and like some people you'll go like oh but like you can hear when people are like genuinely like this is fucking weird and that's what those guys sound like. Well, unless like unless you're a professional actor, which these guys aren't, it's really hard to like mimic emotion like that. Like if you're yeah. trying to do it as a hoax. So. Yeah, I don't know. Some some fucked up happened that night, and still to this day, people are talking about it. So, hmm. I, I wonder. That's how, it. I wonder when we get the next just... great UFO incident. Oh, uh, well, I, I think uh, I think in this day and age, it's it's they're too easy to cover up and too quick to be labeled as hoaxes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you you do, know what I mean? Like just... it would have to be. Yeah, but if you see one like so, imagine one like this. So what? In Kelowna here, you're up visiting for the summer or something. We're out camping, and all of a sudden, fucking UFO. And we're not the only ones. There's like maybe two or three dozen people out in the woods, and they all see it, and they all corroborate the stories are the same. Like one one of those type of stories. That's what I want to hear. Okay, here here's what I was. Some just popped into my head. So Dan, you were talking about like maybe it was a an unmanned craft, right? Because I was thinking if this was humans from the from the past. Like I fucking love time travel. Yeah. Um, like going backwards in time, going into the past violates the uh, the law of causality, cause of cause and effect kind of thing. Like if you change right. one thing, whatever, right? But w- would that be the same if you sent inanimate objects like that back? Yeah, it would still it would still cause. You think so? It, yeah. It, well, it kind of depends on how it, it depends on how time. I mean, we don't expect. Yeah, I'm pretty sure enough. we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't know enough of how like time works, and you don't under. It's either it, whether it's the the it's a straight time, and yeah, there is a law of causality. So if you send something back and it affects the past, then it changes the future, uh, or and, and then the, it immediately affects the future, so everything just like shifts around and changes. But or is when, it is it like is it like Back to the Future? Is it like Back to the Future thing where it's like okay, your mom and dad never you go back in time and you end up your mom and dad don't meet, so you immediately disappear and everything changes? Or is it just it's time and then it makes a separate timeline and then and then you just live in that timeline and you're not able to access over? Um, I you know so I like to you. think as time like it's like the theory is like time's like a river. Like even if you threw something back in there, it's going to be too small and insignificant to make major changes to the flow of the river. Right. I don't think. So, I don't. I think every like. I think the laws of 
like cause and effect. I don't think they're, you know, like, Oh, if I went back and, you know, walked up and slapped Dan, you know, that's gonna, and Dan was like, Whoa, there was two Braden shouldn't be here. And he looked older. Wow. That was weird. I don't <laughs> think that's going to cause a string of events. You know what I mean? Like, so, but yeah, that's like the thing where it's like, okay, so you go back in time and you kill Hitler there will, or like, if you go back with the plan to kill Hitler, then time, like the timeline would actively interfere with you to keep you from killing Hitler. Or would you, <laughs> if you killed Hitler, then somebody else would just take his spot and things, See, events would still so now, unfold. Now we're getting, there. now we're getting into is time predetermined or do you, is there free will? Case, yes. right? Upcoming case. If it's case predetermined, file. you couldn't go back. Hitler can't Coming be killed. Through. If it's predetermined, you could go back. You would. Killed. He cannot be killed. He's invincible. Um, uh, I forget what it's called. There's like a, there's a term for it. Something that's like, yeah, it cannot be changed. It's something like no matter yeah. how hard you tried to go back and change it, like either the, if the timeline wanted to stay the way that it is, then it would, it would actively interfere with you or put things in your way to keep you from killing Hitler. Like you would go to kill Hitler and you get hit by a bus or something. It's just like something would happen to you. But, and now imagine, imagine see oh, that, that makes me think that because if, if we came with the technology to travel in the past, right. The first thing we would fucking do is, you know, you do some test things to go do some tests to see if it was the past. Right. You'd go in there and you'd get soil samples and doing weird stuff like that. And then maybe you would try to change some things. And then once you figured out, they're like, oh, we can't. Everything's predetermined. What The laws of the fourth dimension time won't let us change anything. Everything's meant to happen. So we've already done this. It, it, it's going the way it is. So why would you go back anymore? Right? We sunk all these billions of dollars on a time travel. And it's worthless. And it's a bust. We're like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> All right, God we're not going it. back anymore. We don't have to go back. Why right. is it stupid? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, then you, but that, no, it doesn't make sense either. Because then you'd be like, okay, well, let's, let's jump to the future, get some more technology, and jump back to the past, and you know, elevate our society by a thousand years. You wouldn't be I, able to do that because once you go forward and you go back, you couldn't change it. You would be the natural progression of everything. Still, I think by the time you get to the point where you can, my well, brain. <laughs> by the time you, by the time you get to the point where you can go through time, you don't need to go forward in time to get better technology. You, you've reached the pin the pinnacle, I think. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. If you can control forward, backward, like all avenue of time, you've mastered the universe. I think. I'm he man. Anyways, Skeletor. Anyway, boys, you want to want to start wrapping this yeah, one up? I, I, well, you're probably a level five on the uh, what was it? Type five on the civilization on the Kardashev scale. Kardashev scale. Kardashev? Yeah, Kardashev scale. Kardashev? Yeah. I think that is that a type five where you pretty much can well, you manipulate type, everything around type you. One, type one was you can harness the whole energy of your planet. Type yeah. two was the whole energy of your solar system. Yeah. Awesome. Type three was galaxy. Yeah. And then the other ones were just um, theoretical ones. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyways. I can't even remember what they were. I no, think no. one was the manipulation of time. L look up the Kardashev scale if you've never heard of it. It's fucking cool. Yeah, we're like we're sitting at like a point oh. seven five or something right now. Yeah, almost. Can, oh, four is uh, control the entire universe, and five is collections of universes. Huh. Type zero is uh, oh, 
pretty much you suck. Sucks to suck. <laughs> type zero. Yeah, you're Boo. you're caveman. Yeah, you've harnessed fire. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna do Zell's, oh, yeah. Zell's prolapser of the week. <laughs> I'm giving it. I'm giving it to this girl because if she falls through, we'll all we'll all know. Ginger Ginger Jameson claims that she has an in with Elon Musk, and she might be able to set up a quick interview. She's talking. <laughs> she's talking to her. She works at SpaceX, so she's talking. To, he's. I guess she sees him all the time. So you never know, man. What? He's a quirky guy. Maybe he just pops on for five ten minutes. Says what's up. Blows, blows I'm gonna out. pitch him. I'm gonna pitch him all my wacky ideas. You'll <laughs> <laughs> probably take them. You got them written down on index cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, solid state batteries. Yeah. Done. I don't know if you heard this. I invent- <laughs> liquid liquid state batteries. Actually, guys, I uh, I invented that. That's pretty much what I'll okay. say to everything. <laughs> so that's a maybe. Okay. <laughs> we'll put that in the maybe pile. Yeah. Anyways. Ginger Jameson, you you, uh, you hooked that up, and you're forever in the history books of ATT because that'd be amazing. But if you don't hook it up, you'll be public- you're on our shit list. Publicly forever. ridiculed for life. No, Ooh. probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. Definitely not at all. <laughs> um, Brandon, you want to read some reviews? Um, yeah, give me one second. Do you have the the like uh, the big you reviews up? Yeah, I got. I that. just have the iTunes ones. So if you read one, I'll read an iTunes one right after. Just loading it up. Okay, here. I'll, I'll just send you the link here. There you go. Okay, okay well, I'll, I'll read I'll read the first one. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down to uh, Drinking Buddies by Frank and Fluffer US from USA. It's just a couple of nerds who kind of talk about aliens and occasionally break it out into song. I drink with them. <laughs> nerds. nerds! Nerds! That's pretty much nailed it right there. Um, hold on. I just got to sign in. Oh, for fuck's sake. Nerds. I don't know. Read another one. I'll read one more. Here we go. Uh, what's this one? Very fun. From Nanajdu. I don't know. USA. These guys are awesome. I discovered them a few weeks ago, and now I, now I know nothing about current events. (laughs) All I listen, (laughs) all I listen to on my daily commute is ATT. Some of their topics are very out there, but all very entertaining. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you got it up, Brain? Yep. Hit it. Um, probably the best podcast probably. by BMX Kid 358 from USA. Found this podcast a couple weeks ago, and I've been going through listening to them all, listening to them as I drive to work. This podcast is awesome. Super funny while also laying down all the good info. Keep it up, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Sweet, Scott. Oh, this one's, I like this one. I just like this one's title. Best podcast easily. I have nothing but nice things to say. Yeah. These guys are super likable and relatable. I feel as though they look at things seriously, but with enough added humor, humor, to be a perfect blend. I binged all y'all's episodes over like two weeks and can't wait for every new episode. I'd love to tell y'all all my family's experiences because for some reason, 
we seem to have something following us. Oh, shit. Goddamn poltergeist. <laughs> uh, ah. So, Randall, send us an email, and uh, let's talk about whatever's following you, please. Yes, please. Yeah, one of those family poltergeists that does that happens. Those, those pop around every now and then. Yeah, send, send us an email, please, to alientheorists <laughs> at gmail.com. No, no, no one. I think the best, uh, the best like slang term from the states is "y'all all." Love to tell y'all all. All y'all. Love to tell y'all all of my family. All y'all. That's I like. That's a great. That's a great slang term right there. Y'all, y'all all. Um, all. All about y'all. All about yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Sweet. <laughs> I do like y'all. You want to do one more, Braden? We haven't we haven't done a lot lately, so we're kind of getting behind. So do one more. Um, you can even scroll down farther. There's a whole bunch we haven't read. Oh, there's some some bad ones. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, we there we got oh, no. we got a three star. That's a, that's a, you know what we got a three star. It's an honest review. Like that's all good. Yeah, that's fine. I got a two star. Um, that's good. Oh. Yeah, yes. Uh, I'm reading that from UK there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Whatever. Eh, we're not for everybody. Reviews number one, number one conspiracy podcast faux show from Drake, the USA. Found this pod last week. I've been listening to it nonstop and have almost listened to every episode. It's like if you were watching Ancient Aliens, but the commentators were your friends. Genuinely amazing and gives some great laughs. Also makes me want to follow along with the podcast and look up the topics at hand. One of the only podcasts that I actually want to donate to their Patreon. Five out of five. Hell yeah. Thanks, Drake Cherry. That's a big compliment there. <laughs> Great reviews. Keep sending them. Yeah. We're, cli- we're climbing the ladder in iTunes. Getting there. We're clawing our way to the top. Climbing our, we'll clawing our way up. We're almost going to break the top 300 here. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we yeah, can we do can it. We need by, by episode 100. <laughs> we need we'll 5,000 more subscriptions and we can do it. We can do it. So wait, it. if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't pushed subscribe on whatever pl- player you're, you're uh, using, just do that really quick. That That's the easiest way to help us out. Yep. Takes no time. Just like it's a quick little subscribe. A lot of people just search for podcasts every time I've noticed. Not a lot of people, but some people do that. So if you're just searching every time, just push subscribe. It'll download automatically to your phone. All right, uh, I'm going to qu- give a quick shout-out to our newest Patreons. So we have too many to read every case file now, so I'm only going to do that every once in a while. I'm just going to read the new ones. Our newest and, <laughs> and last member of the top-tier Patreon supporters, our certified alien theorist, Alex. Welcome to the team. Uh, we'll be getting everyone. We're going to be getting all of our top Patreon supporters back on a, on a podcast here pretty quick. Uh, we got three pledged by Red. Kelly Hendricks, Holly Mellon, Dulcie Schultz, Caleb. Ray Dizzle went up from... Oh, no, Ray Dizzle went down. But he's still supporting. We still love him. Uh, Kelsey Din, Zach Dissinger. He went up 10 to 25. Liam, Christopher Walker, Mano Tarapo, Tyler Gilman, Kyle Jones, Mel Sable. Oh, no, she deleted. That's our, Or he. Either way. And Joel Dunham. Those are all the newest uh, the newest works on there. Oh, we also got May with two Ys. I'm Triple Seven and Pickle Rick. Thank- Pickle Rick. 
thank you very much for uh, for supporting the pod. And, and you know what we're going to do, actually, as a little teaser for uh, for everyone, we're going to put at the end of this episode a little snippet of our Dungeons and Dragons we played. And if you'd like to hear oh, it, Sam. if you'd like to hear the rest, uh, go go uh, donate to our Patreon. We'd appreciate it forever. And yeah, we're putting out a bunch more content coming out real soon. All right, that's it for me. I can't talk anymore. Whew. Yeah, exhausted. Um, oh, don't forget uh, AlienCon. Um, we're going as fans, so if you uh, want to come hang out with us at AlienCon in Pasadena, June uh, 14th, 15th, 16th, 13th, 14th? No, 14th, 15th, 16th. Yeah, we'll, we'll Pasadena, be... Pasadena, California. We'll be at the con the 14th and 15th. We're leaving on the Sunday, so we won't be there for that day, but... I think I'm going to wear um, all Budweiser one day. <laughs> I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna bring out the, the red, bring out the sweats. The sweats. I've got a. I've got. It's it's more like a crop top sweater though, and I've got a new Budweiser hat. <laughs> it's funny because I never really drink Budweiser. <laughs> I just have a lot of the clothes. I'm just a big fan of the clothes. It's, it's easy to get their clothes. They, they you buy a case, you get a hat, and like every time. <laughs> oh dude we've got some good some good we got some good really attacking uh one star reviews <laughs> okay yeah oh for all, we'll every, read those after for patreon uh we're gonna read our uh our, our funny but terrible reviews yeah. for everyone there's, anyways there's some good ones. uh as always uh keep those eyes on the skies thanks guys peace is going to be played by your medical correspondent, Andrew. Andrew I'm just happy to be here, man. That's crazy. I'm excited that you guys invite me to play this game. And the half-orc ranger, Fjord, will be played by myself, Bryn. So welcome to the podcast. This is the first time we're going to try uh, D&D on the podcast, do a live one. See how it goes. See what happens. Rules are uh, we're going to talk on a normal voice when we're not playing any games. <clears throat> but as soon as we start... Um, playing games and doing game movements, we're going to try to talk in our character voices. Um, Every character action try yeah. and, we're going to try and do in our uh, So I just got too ahead voice. of myself there. Yeah. I, was, I thought we were doing this whole thing in our voices. Mm. We could. <laughs> What's your voice? What's your voice like? Kind of like this. Because you're an orc. You're half orc. Half orc. You have intelligence of eight. So, yeah, a little, <laughs> a little slow. Slightly. Okay, so slightly it's not that bad. Average. That's okay. That's all I got. Did you make up for it with your looks? Don't make fun of me. 
No, the stethoscope should look good, man. <laughs> so, how about you guys give us a little bit of background on your motley crew of your your three players here? How do they all work together? Well, let's start. Let's start with our erudite, uh, probably our smartest of the group, Mister Zalarius. Zalarius, that is me, hailing from parts unknown. My father, a corrupt <laughs> high elven lord. Upon my 332nd birthday, I found oh. out he was corrupt. I went out into the sunset to search for my own way, my, my own religion. That is when I met Andrew Keys, the Lebanese. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was that was good. so good. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. So we come to Andrew Keys, Lebanese, Mull, which is a half-dwarf, half-human, for those of you who don't know. And uh, we have his little backstory, kind of the glue that holds our group together. It's a lot of fucking pressure, man. <laughs> now, you do, now you gotta do in that voice. <laughs> okay, so basically, have you guys seen uh, Gladiator? Because it's like the same thing, right? I basically, you know, got sold to slavery, became a gladiator. I rose my way all the way to the top. I killed all the bad guys, killed them all with my big hammer. And then after I was done, they were like, hey, man, do you want to be free? I was like, yeah, okay, I'll be free. So then I become free and I, uh, you know, fell in love with Bekab. And now I am. Hi, Bekab. Yeah, you know, I'll hail Bekab, dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Bekab. And then now, you know, next thing you know, I was out uh, preaching and having a good time, and I ran into Zalarius. I said, hey, man, do you want to come with me? He said, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I said it more like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yes, you know, same thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's good. It's good. And, and lastly, we come to our uh, half-orc ranger, Shord. I... I had a human mother. <laughs> right. Whole <laughs> 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 game, right? Whole game, you're gonna talk like that. Fucking no, don't look at me. Okay. <laughs> Don't you fucking look at me? I have a human mother. My my father was orc. And all right, guys. That's all you get. If you want to hear more adventures of Zalarius, Fjord, and Andrew Cleese, please go to our Patreon. Donate five bucks a month or more to your favorite comedy conspiracy podcast and make it happen. Cheers, everybody. Team ATT, we're out.